Hey everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Abil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 107. Today we're going to be going over what we've been watching, followed by a review of the new Marvel film, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, we also are joined today by frequent collaborator Michael Parkham. Mikey, hey guys. thank you for uh, going? joining the podcast here. Yeah, it's going well. It's going well. He just showed up. Really, we were gonna start, and then all of a sudden he's on, and he's like, "What's up, guys?" I'm like, oh, "Okay." Yeah, he basically he kind of forced himself in. So, uh, no, basically we we had Mikey actually on a more recent episode that nobody heard because I lost all the audio for it because it got so <laughs> fucked up. So, Mikey and my brother were originally going to be on episode 100 along with uh, Scott Reynolds, but our mics sound—I mean, Marco and my mic sounded terrible, so it was uh, unusable. So. Mikey has opinions of a hundred and one dollar. Oh no, sorry, Corella Deville, Corella, right? So <laughs> that you'll never know about, I guess, unless you ask him personally. So got him back on for this one because um, he went and saw. He saw it with me actually. So this should be a good discussion for the most part. So <laughs> like every other movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. My Mikey's my um, he's my date all the time. He's so. his he's his movie pal. Even when Jenny comes, technically. Mikey's still the date. He's there in the background. <laughs> yeah. She's the third wheel. He's more of the third wheel in those kind of situations. <laughs> Mikey's Gap the nice um, seat. So. <laughs> Mikey's the unofficial fourth uh, Paller movie Paller. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we I think we broke down uh, episode guides, and Mikey is the highest, um, the most used guest, I guess I guess you could say, right? Like, technically, well, for everything like we've done. 8% of the, of the pods, right? Something like that. I think we actually broke it down right before 100, and then everything got ruined. So, all things we actually have already talked about. That's why we're so good at bringing this up. But we lost the audio, so now you guys get to get it seven episodes later. So surprise. Uh, Without further ado, guys, let's get into uh, what we're watching. Hey, what you watching? All right, another edition of what we're watching or reading or playing, as I always forget to mention. And we'll go back to the huge and start off with Nabil. What have you been watching, reading, or playing, sir? I've actually been able to build up a little bit of a library. I've watched a few things. Uh, kept myself busy. Uh, something say. that's yeah, something interesting, a little different, is a new Apple TV show called Schmigadoon. Uh, I just love saying that name. That name, it's, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, it's a really fun name. It's Sometimes it's I can't tell if you're making these up, Nabil. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I'm not going to double check. I'm going to tell you right now. Like, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I think that's that's always best to go with that. Uh, story itself is a couple that's on a backpacking trip and discover a small magical town in the woods, which everyone acts like they're in a musical. Uh, from the 1940s it's kind of like a play on oklahoma and um meet me in st louis <clears throat> in that sense where everybody's just singing all the time and these two normal people walk into this town it stars king and michael key and cecily strong and um it's it's a short show it's i think it's 10 episodes on apple tv plus and it's um about 30 minutes or so each episode and it really is, I mean, the premise is that they're a couple that go on like a couple's retreat and they end up finding themselves lost in the woods and get into this place. And the only way out is to prove, you know, find their true love, which is either them or maybe somebody in the in the uh, 
in the small magical town, and everybody just busts out singing randomly, and it's hilarious. Is it, if, it's if a comedy, into, right? It is a comedy, yeah. And if it, if you're into like kind of the old standard musicals um, from the from that era, from the 40s and 50s, you're gonna you're gonna love this because that's a lot of the songs are even just rehashes of that, just phrased differently for the context of the show. But but really, it's it's that straightforward. It's just funny. Keegan Michael Key is hilarious in there, and Cecily Strong plays really well too. As uh, playing against him, I think in a lot of instances she's she's she can be actually funnier, her character itself, and they they just have a lot of good chemistry together, which I didn't expect because um, they've never really you know Cecily Strong is from um, SNL Saturday Night Live and King and Michael Key of course is is in a lot of numerous things, but also was recently on the big show uh, Key and Peele, so they're they're very good at trying to do the sketch stuff and they play off of each other really well, and you can tell that they had a lot of opportunity. <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me. And we're getting a little choked up here. Sorry, guys. I know. You can tell that they had a lot of opportunity <laughs> to rip off of each other, which was which was good. So, Well, you know, uh-huh. musicals, it gets to Nabil, so. Yeah. <laughs> Chokes me up, guys. So, that's true. <laughs> Sorry. I forgot my place. Yeah, yeah but I, I recommend it uh, to give it a watch, especially you, James. I think you might actually enjoy it. Uh, quite funny, and you do like some of the musicals. It's not, it's, it's not probably I might have to check exactly it out. your I, style, but it's funny. I don't know. I feel like this came out of nowhere, by the way. Advertising wise, it shows up on my Apple TV all the time. I'm like, when the hell did they advertise this thing? So yeah, it was very brief. They had like a blitz right before it got released, and then after that, it was just kind of it's there. It re- it it released this year or last year? It released this year. I want to say it was like early July. Oh, okay, kind of recent. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, yeah, huh. maybe June, but I think it was it was pretty like early summer. Now, Apple TV has been increasing the library. I've I've oh, been yeah. liking that. They've I've noticed. There's a lot. I'm trying to get more love. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, yeah. yeah. What else have you been watching? Uh, the other show I've been watching is also a new release on Hulu called Only Murders in the Building. It's about three strangers who share an obsession with true crime, and they suddenly find themselves caught up in, in an actual true crime. This stars Steve Martin and Martin Short, um, also oh. stars Selena Gomez. And essentially they're in this New York apartment building, and they're all, they've all got like a mysterious background. But they do come together over their mutual love of a true crime podcast, which I'm sure you guys all know, um, as as we all are podcasters here, that true crime is a pretty big field in the podcast world. So they kind of take it a bit literally when something happens in their apartment complex and want to solve the crime. And so decide, because they found a, a general interest in the true crime podcast, to, to build on one themselves um, and try to solve the mystery. Um, of the supposed murder or maybe suicide or maybe something else. I don't know. What's interesting about the show, they've got three episodes so far out on Hulu. It's going to come out every week. Um, and it's short. It's only like 30 minutes as well. But what's interesting is that it is it is a mystery, but it's kind of also, uh, it's comedic. You know, you, you it's a triple layer. You're trying to solve the main mystery of, you know, the person that was killed and, um, you know, what were the circumstances around that, plus the mystery of everybody's background. Um, plus finding out the motives of everybody in the apartment building. And it's um, there's kind of each episode you get a little bit deeper and deeper, kind of like a, one of those true crime podcasts of finding hmm. out what's happened, you know, what the next piece of information is to get you hooked onto it. And they kind of do it like cereal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It kind of is like a play on cereal, to be honest. But Steve Martin, and Martin Short are really good in this. Selena Gomez, I'm not so sure on yet. I like her kind of in the later episodes, but in the kind of first two episodes that i've watched her and she was uh she's a bit dry um because she's a terrible actress 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I. I didn't. That's so random. That could be four, but she's just not. She's kind of random in this show. Yeah, but she's, Martin Short and and uh, Steve yeah, Steve Martin, and then her randomly. She's like, we out. need someone young. I mean, it's kind of is, and they play on that too. I mean, she's Martin Short, and I think Steve Martin are in their seventies at this point, and uh, yeah, Gomes, I think is like late twenties, maybe early thirties. I think late twenties. So, you know, it is definitely a, an age difference there, but. I mean, as a group, they work well together, especially the scenes with Selena Gomez and Steve Martin. They have good chemistry in that sense. But I think uh, as a whole, I'm not so sure about... I think it's just a lot of mystery around the characters, and it's hard to get an understanding what everybody's motive is, which is the point of the show. Um, And Steve Martin and Martin Short, though, and a lot of things that they do together, I always feel kind of is a little corny. It actually plays well based off of the characters. Martin Short's like a a theater director or a washed-out theater director. And uh, Steve Martin is a washed-up uh, actor. Um, so, and Selena Gomez, we don't really know what she does. So it's it's an interesting uh, kind of character that they all play, and and that that seems seems that they've embraced those roles pretty well, and it's and it, that kind of adds to that comedic element. So uh, definitely interesting, and I like mystery. So this this kind of helps with adding to that to give you just enough to kind of keep going and put the clues together, while also being um, funny enough with, with how Steve Martin and Martin Short play off of each other. Their antics are pretty funny as well. So. Uh, yeah, that's on Hulu, and I definitely recommend, I think to all of you guys, you, you probably all enjoy uh, giving this a watch as well. I've heard it's good, so, yeah. Add no, that to the list, man. I guess. Like, <laughs> right. Of when we many, get to it, who knows? <laughs> who fucking knows? Maybe six years from now, but yeah. Right. Eventually. No, good stuff, man. Sounds like you've been giving lots of love to your various streaming services, so, right on. So, with that, let's go with our guest, Mikey. Uh, Mikey, uh, I think he's asleep. Hold on, wait. Mikey, Mikey, <laughs> yeah. no, just kidding. Mikey, the most parts over, bro. You can wake up now. <laughs> oh. okay, what? <laughs> what have you been watching, reading, or playing, sir? What days? <laughs> uh, so I have also been uh, kind of hitting up the Apple Plus stuff. Uh, so they just released a couple of new seasons from shows I liked in the past. So I've been kind of jumping on these new ones here. So uh, the first Put your one. Take away, was, Mikey. Uh, <laughs> The first one was Mythic Quest. We get it. You have an iPhone. (laughs) But yeah, Mythic Quest. Uh, It's a show about an MMO that's pretty successful. And uh, it's just about that company. And they keep trying to stay on top. Uh, So it's about the workplace there, the environment, the testers, the story writers, everybody, all the developers, basically, of that place. And it's comedy. Uh, And it's over the top crazy. Like, a lot of crazy stuff happens. And... Uh, the characters are all the stereotypical gamer people as well as like coders and that kind of stuff too. So you can kind of see where the comedy is going to go from there. It's, it's actually pretty good. So Blizzard. Um, it's, it's Blizzard. <laughs> well, hopefully Whoa. not, right? Because all this stuff yeah, going on Yeah, hopefully not, right you uh, sick fuck. <laughs> Jesus. But uh, it's it's really good. I, I play a lot of video games. I probably play more video games than I do watch movies and stuff, actually. So it kind of drew me in just for that. But it actually is pretty funny. And the second season just kind of picks up where the last one went off. Mikey, I've um, heard it It takes like half of the first season to really get into it, though. It's kind of a slow start. Is that true? Yeah, the, the first season, like, it's, it's still funny in the very first part of the season. But it gets much better as the characters really kind of develop. Uh, yeah. It takes a little time for like people to find like their place in the company kind of thing. I, that's how I kind of feel. So, sense, yeah. yeah, it does. Take it a it time. almost sounds like Silicon Valley, but with the gamer world rather than like apps. Yeah, 
kind of it kind of kind of has that feeling. Nice. So there's that, and then um, also on Apple Plus, uh, I watched the show C, which is actually I think a launch show for Apple Plus. I really like the first season. Uh, the combat is actually really cool. And I say that first because the show is about everybody that's blind. Like the whole world. This is like in the way distant future. And the whole world basically mm-hmm. loses eyesight. So no one can see anything. It's all about just everybody's blind, basically. Because actually in the very first the ki- episode. It's the kids, right? Or something there's, like that? There's, a, there's like a pair of twins, basically, that get born yeah. with eyesight. So it's a, it basically follows the twins around. It's Jason Momoa's in that one. Uh, is he is actually it, the main character, or are they trying to advertise his show more, less like no, he's like the main character, but they focus on the He's basically the main character. Like the twins okay. are, they're not really related, like in that stuff, but like they're basically his kids. So you, oh, he okay. follows them around. And there's a bunch of stuff that happens. I don't want to spoil anything. So, but yeah, it's he is the main character. Alfre Woodard's in it as well. I think that's how you say her name. And then Dave Bautista's also in it. Um, oh, I didn't know that. So uh, it's got it's got some decent acting in it. I, I do like the world building that they build in this uh, this whole series, actually. So so you can kind of think about like if no one could see anything, like what would you do to like have like road signs? They have like hanging like threads with knots on them to kind of so you can read the places. So they they, they do those nice. little tiny things as you go. Um, they use sound a lot when they're in combat. So like they throw a rock or whatever, you know, kind of distracts people. But they do it in like closer range. So it's it's got that kind of stuff, and I just appreciate the small stuff that they do, and it's you know high fantasy <laughs> on my side. I just imagine Jason Momoa like <laughs> having to do multiple takes because he keeps forgetting he's supposed to be blind. <laughs> like no, no, it, no, it actually looks pretty good. Like it no, actually, no, like, Jason, you you can't see in this. I don't I don't understand. What do you mean? What, what do you mean, bro? <laughs> no, they actually play it off pretty well. And that's, and that's like I said, that's why I'm appreciating it. Like it, it, they actually play it off like everybody is actually blind and actually goes pretty well. I know you guys are dying right now. It's Jason Momoa Dave Bautista. These big yoke guys, just, they just keep forgetting that they're supposed to be blind in the show. They're not exactly like, known as like the yeah. smartest dudes either. They keep fucking up each take. They're like, but then I would see him coming from my right though, right? No, no, no. Jason, once again, we're two seasons in. You're blind, bro. Oh, Okay. You don't understand what I'm telling you, do you? He's like, (laughs) he just doesn't get it. (laughs) So when do I surf, though? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, no, this this show does sound really... (laughs) It's not a comedy, by the way, guys. (laughs) 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 We would watch this, and we'd be dying while we're watching. (laughs) They're throwing rocks at each other. Daredevil? He's trying to fucking sound wave that bitch. (laughs) It's just hard to imagine these guys like playing those roles. All jokes aside, it looks like it's an expensive show too. By the way, the way it's shot, it looks like it's shot pretty well. It's shot pretty well. Yeah. So. (laughs) So yeah, that's cool. Both on Apple Plus. I mean uh, Apple TV, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Apple TV Plus or Apple Plus, whatever they call it. Yeah. Yeah. Are they doing a third season? By the way. I haven't heard anything about the third season yet because the second season okay. is still releasing. It's week by week, so it there's only just two episodes out right now. Two, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, the third one comes out. No, all joking aside, I've heard it's it's. Um, I heard mixed things on it in the first season from what people had told me originally. It's slow, so that's probably what people. Oh, uh, is it? So it's kind of. So slow. when you say action, though, is there action in each one, or there's just a lot of build up in episodes? It's a, there's a lot of build up. There's episodes with no action. It's just story building. Which is fine. So that's I mean, probably why people are kind of like, eh, maybe it's not so good. Um, but the action scenes that do happen are pretty decent. 
Um, and there is a lot of things that do happen that are off. They're not actiony, but they're very story based, character driven like stuff. Oh, okay. which, character is good. Development. which is good. Nice. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty nice. Anyways, I, I like so. it a lot actually. If you're into fantasy, cool. that kind of world, like futuristic, but not really futuristic because there's like no technology, then you'll like this. I think it's so. It has been on, on my list since Apple TV Plus launch, so I've heard. I mean. It finally got a second season. That and also that um, Mankind show I've heard is good too. So it's kind of like oh, for all yeah, mankind. There, there's, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a lot of like solid Apple TV ones. So I'm like, I gotta check these out, dude. Not yeah, to like mention once again Ted Lasso. I know that's like it's high on my too. list. Yeah, it's real good. It's James, high on my list. Everyone, it, it, everyone's yeah. trying to get me to watch that too. So I that have to, it, Nabil's told me about it. You told me about it, Mikey. That's a show yeah. that is like probably gonna be watched soon. Um, He's got a new season on that one too. Yeah, and I think that yeah. I don't know. If I was telling you to wait. Two, season two season didn't wrap two, so. up yet, though, so no. I'm I'm waiting for that it's to close, end though, so I can just there. blast through them all. So yeah. Yeah. I would wait till it's done. They're a quick watch. Point. I might do the same. They're small episodes. Nice. Yeah. So, what else you been watching, Mikey? Uh, you know everything else you guys kind of talked about the last few uh, podcasts. So all the right. Titans, uh, you know that kind of stuff. You guys already kind of talked about that, so cool. Uh, I don't want to bring them up again. So. No, no worries. No worries. All right. So on to James Ring himself. What have you been watching, reading, or playing, sir? Uh, so I've been watching some movies here. I watched something that Mikey and Bill have actually seen, so that's why I wanted to bring it up. We watched oh. – well, I, Mikey and I saw it together with my niece. We watched Candyman, the uh, 2021 sequel, I suppose you could say. And I know Nabil himself – I don't know if he wanted to watch it, but he saw it. So, I mean, he did see The Candyman. <laughs> it, wasn't, so. it wasn't by choice, but, you know. It wasn't his choice, happened. yeah. Seeing that movie and knowing that you were going to go see it, I was like, I did. I would not have recommended that to you. But uh, <laughs> it's basically a sequel to the 1992 film. It kind of ignores the uh, second and third film that came out in between those, which I've never seen, so I, I, I wouldn't know. But I just heard that they kind of they Halloweened it in a way where they were like, that's not canon <laughs> anymore. So they're it. like, fuck yeah, it. I like that. And basically, the film follows an artist named Anthony, played by Yaha Abdul-Mahim II, who was last seen for most of our stuff, I think, probably in Aquaman, playing... Black Manta? Yeah, he's Black Manta. Sorry about that. Yeah. And <clears> he <throat> basically is researching the um, the legend of the Candyman, like the urban legend, and in, in, in the process of doing that, kind of revoke, or kind of reawakens that spirit of the killer i'll say i'll keep it really vague and, the, and he starts killing again basically so um i enjoyed it i thought it was fun it was a good watch it is pretty violent when it's violent my issue with it and i think mikey will probably agree is that it runs a little too long yeah. at times like it, it kind of runs a bit too long and it's not truthfully it's not even that long of a movie but taking 10 minutes off probably would have helped i liked the main performance but it also by the end i actually like the ending I take that back. I do like the end. The end is very um, much an homage to the previous film. So, I mean, just talking about it, Mikey, what did you think about it? Yeah, I liked it. I kind of echo some of the stuff you said. You know, I didn't mind the ending. The ending was kind of decent. Uh, it was very violent. Um, so as long as you're okay with that, I think the majority of people that have saw the trailers and think they would be something they like would probably like it. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Nabil? I enjoyed it as well. I mean, I... There's definitely some gore in there it's, that's a bit intense, especially yeah. some of the scenes where he's turning um, into Candyman. <laughs> but this, I thought it was a very interesting way to 
portray the story. Like it's still very much rooted in Chicago. It's uh, it's it's much more of a black focus film, which I liked. It wasn't just like some kind of arbitrary oh he's a killer kind of thing, and and they kind of leaned into that. Uh, the cultural side of things as well i mean especially with the girlfriend being like an art curator like those kind of backgrounds and like supporting characters that that was very interesting as well so they did a good job i think telling the story and doing you know doing a a good horror film while also um keeping true to you know the 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 culture that the film was trying to you know maybe didn't do as well the first time around when the first film came out um so I did enjoy those aspects of it as well. Um, but yeah, still, Candyman, scary. So, you know, I could only enjoy so much of it without being like, mm, this film isn't for me. <laughs> so there's definitely <laughs> some elements of it. I was like, nah, I'm good. But I did I did enjoy the general, like, world building that they did there, which I, I wouldn't mind maybe seeing a sequel to it. I don't know if it was the strongest plot as all, especially near the end of, like, reasons that things happened. I'm like, I don't understand why this person decided <clears throat> to help make this, you know, make Candyman be, but... Um, I think the general happens. world building is pretty interesting. Yeah, it just it just kind of <laughs> happens. But uh, I think the world building was was pretty interesting. So I I think that if they do more sequels, that they could probably there's a lot more to expand on it. Yeah, and I, I noticed the bit. the raid can behind you, Nabil. It's like no beehives around here for me. Yeah. <laughs> <God>. Okay. <laughs> Calm down. He's not yeah, real. They definitely had to put like a weird twist on it though to make another sequel though, because like you yeah. said, there's there's some holes in the. On the plot that they kind of, it, I think it works pretty well as a a standalone. Yeah, but sure. I gotta mention it right. did do twenty million over that weekend. It it hit a record, so nice, pretty good. Yeah, um, that was the start of like theaters coming back real quick. Look at that! Look at that! Last spot, we we're like theaters going down. This time around, we we're like, damn, never mind, we back, baby. <laughs> so, um, so sounds like you guys like re- recommend this one. Yeah, um, yeah, I would definitely. Recommend I'd actually recommend watching the first one before you watch it too, because it makes some pretty good references to that one. Yeah, it's a good connection. So, um, I didn't rewatch yeah. it, but I remembered some of the elements of the original, and I was like, oh, okay, I can see where they're drawing back to. So, Wikipedia got re- you. <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> Nabil. Uh, I rewatched uh, the original right before this one, and I think it it pays it off pretty well. Especially, there's yeah, a lot of references. So. Take yeah. the time. Yeah. I also saw. I'm going to mention one more movie I watched here. I watched Coda on Apple TV+. Plus. Look at that. All three of us so far. <laughs> Not maybe, a sponsor, Maybe right? Marco did. Who knows? <laughs> Apple TV+. Will we Plus complete the Infinity Gauntlet? Yes. Yeah, we'll see. Exactly. Collecting all of them. But I, I've wanted to watch this one for a while. So Coda is uh, an acronym that stands for Child of Death Adults. It's also uh, something to do with music, too. So there's kind of a double meaning. It makes a lot of sense in this movie. But the movie follows... Uh, a high school senior named Ruby, played by Amelia Jones, who basically helps her family. Her whole family is deaf. Her mom, dad, and older brother. They are fishermen. And she has been their translator and interpreter for pretty much all her life. So uh, they kind of rely on her pretty heavily to kind of maintain um, their lifestyle of selling their fish and all this stuff. Like, she works before school. and like. But the whole point of the film is that she is discovered by one of her teachers that she can really sing really well. And she kind of realizes by the, like a midpoint of the movie that she doesn't want to continue this lifestyle and maybe wants to go to college finally. And she sets off, but it also brings up a lot of things about like what's going to happen to her family. Are they going to be able to function without her? And it's, it's kind of a coming of age movie on both ends where coming of age for her to finally realize what her true potential is. And also for her own family to kind of, 
not entirely stop relying on her so much, but also to trust themselves to get things done without the help of their daughter. So I thought it was, I thought this movie was great. So this is like in my top 10 for the year now. Two movies in my top 10 for Apple TV Plus. Look at these guys. Uh, this wow. film uh, is shot super well. I thought the the lead, she's amazing. I've never seen her in anything else, but she actually did a lot of like kind of uh, footwork beforehand, learning to do sign language months beforehand, so it's authentic and um it's actually kind of funny the movie too it shows you how it would be like to live in a house where people can't hear except for you so everybody's like super noisy and shit and kind of gross about things and they you know because they they don't know they can't you know they're just doing their shit and uh there's a lot of like and she really can sing really well by the way so there's some very touching scenes near the end of it that i really loved and i enjoyed it and even like not knowing about this lifestyle i think it's um it's something you can probably um see some comparison with your own life maybe with things with growing up and letting go and moving on and stuff like that i thought it was really well done so uh mikey i know you've seen it too right yeah yeah i saw it and uh i agree with you like in terms of uh you can kind of connect with it even though you're like not in the same place as her yeah you really can kind of connect to you know just the situation and you can kind of apply it to what like your life it's just a really good drama like you said there's a little comedy in it but uh, it's just a really well done movie overall. I liked it a lot. Yeah, and uh, all the leads were great. Uh, the teacher is actually played by Eugenio Derbez, like he's uh, kind of a comedian, does more comedic roles, but he was awesome too. So check it out, Apple TV Plus, coming right out on. some solid ass shit lately, guys. So add it to the list. That's everything I've been seeing though. What about you, Marco? Anchor it out for us. Saw a couple movies. Uh, start off with the. 2017 crime drama you are never really here starring joaquin phoenix and this is one i've been trying to watch for a while i know james has seen it and had mentioned it <clears throat> but basically the movie is about a uh, a uh war veteran and fbi veteran that's uh been traumatized in the past and he's basically working now as uh doing odd jobs under the table pretty much and Basically, is a hired gun that goes off and uh, does uh, essentially good deeds. He helps people out uh, when they can't go to the cops. He takes on a mission to save a senator's daughter from being kidnapped. And the whole situation goes wrong and it leads to another series of events. And that's all I can say without really spoiling the rest of the plot. It's kind of a weird movie. I'll tell you that, but it's filmed very well. <laughs> I think uh, is, Joaquin yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. You know, he's he's a uh, he's a uh, method actor. That's the word I'm looking for, and so he really immerses himself into the roles. And I think he does a good job playing, you know, a, a, someone who's been traumatized from their past. And as the movie progresses, and he tries to complete this mission, you see flashbacks of his past, and you see he's had you know a very abusive upbringing, and he's trying very hard to combat it and his his mental stability isn't quite there but he essentially uses wh- what he's doing to help himself you know keep going the guy's been through some shit um he forms uh an, an unusual unlikely bond with uh the girl he's trying to rescue kind of like a, a mentor father-daughter type relationship in a way that's um has kind of a nice payoff in the end it's got great cinematography it's brutal because uh, when he uh takes out some dudes it's pretty fucking intense he's just you can feel his brute force and uh the training and his background just come out and really 
you know showcase you know what he's been through and stuff and it's it's kind of cool how they kind of well it's not cool but it's kind of uh, interesting how how they blend in like flashbacks from his past of him you know being abused and stuff and him you know beating the crap out of people and stuff and kind of showing like how that's how that's molded you know his current persona it's it's a bit of an artsy film it's not that long it's only like an hour and a half long so if you're into those kind of weird quirky type movies uh, that doesn't really it, it doesn't really hold your hand it doesn't really like explain things it doesn't talk at you you kind of have to piece everything together then this is probably for you uh, it's not uh, much of a fast-paced movie either it's kind of like a, a slow burn at first uh, and although there is like some action there's it's not all action all, a lot of it is kind of story driven as well too kind of seeing like revisiting his like i said his past through like flashbacks and stuff but uh, the performances are, are, are very well done uh, he does an incredible job um the actor that plays uh, the girl that he's rescuing ektarina samusinov i just totally fucking bust her name never seen her in anything before but she does a really good job as well too in this but um I, I mean, I still enjoyed it. It's, there's one scene in particular. I'm not gonna say what it is, but it's 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 filmed very well. Like it's kind of it's kind of like a sad scene too. Like where he's kind of like a, at a river, and James probably knows what I'm talking about. But it's it's filmed so beautifully well, and the music, the score is very well too. Like very well done. So those are probably like it's it's strong points. Um, but yeah, um, it's probably not for everybody. I'll tell you that. I think that's what I wrote in my original review too. Like. It's pretty artsy from what I remember. When yeah. there is action, it's pretty brutal. And it deals with some pretty dark subject matter, too. So, Yeah, this is... You might want to watch a comedy after this one. So. Yeah. Um, it's crazy, because I think he did this and then Joker right after or something like that. And it's it's like... Yeah. Kind of yeah, almost similar characters this. in a way. Yeah. Pretty, pretty close to at least when Joker came out, I think. Yeah. So. Aside from that, I also saw uh, a documentary from 2020 called My Octopus Teacher. Oh, I'm sorry, correction, the Academy Award winning documentary My Octopus Teacher. <laughs> and <clears throat> this is one I've also been wanting to see for a while. Um, I saw this on Netflix because it's still on there for free. Well, not free. If you pay for subscription, then you can watch it on there. But it's about uh, a... Um, a guy who does documentaries called Craig Foster and he is kind of lost in life. He's kind of like burnt out from his work and he takes a break and time away and he starts diving. Uh, he lives like in South Africa uh, near um, the, the Cape Hope, like, you know, that area on the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean that's like really got rough oceans and stuff like that. And he goes, he free dives there basically with no scuba gear or nothing and just a like snorkeling gear and that's about it and he comes across uh, an octopus weird right but he starts to get continue. curious <laughs> yeah he starts to get curious yes. and, and and notices that you know the, the octopus shows some curiosity in him too so he he starts like a little bit of a, of a project and starts going every day into the water to go visit this octopus and like slowly but surely they start to build like this bond where they're just kind of like you know seeing each other and stuff and the octopus is always there and he's always coming out trying to you know make 
you know, more contact with the octopus and observe it more and observe like the, the wildlife around him and the, the ecosystem surrounding like the octopus's home. And he becomes like really like attached to the octopus and he starts in a way studying it as well and start learning more things that people had never really known about these animals. And it, it really kind of changes his perspective in life and kind of gets him out of this rut. It's sort of like a healing process for him. And he learns more about life and like what he wants to do from, you know, you know, observing this octopus, hence, you know, the title octopus teacher. It's really well done, man. Like I don't always watch documentaries. I used to watch them a lot, but now I'm very picky as to what I watch. I, I fucking hands down recommend this one. If you haven't seen it, it's, it's just filmed so well. Cinematography is incredible. Uh, you just get all these images from, he calls it kelp forests underneath the ocean where you just see like different like versions of it. Like he goes to this area that's kind of misty. He goes to this area that's just full of this like kelp and it really does look like an underwater forest. And you, you get to see like, uh, again, like the ecosystem and, and, and the life that's around there. And it, it's, it's just so eye-opening and and beautiful and done so well and it, it gets you like emotionally like here i am i'm just like oh my god i really care about this fucking octopus why am i caring about this animal and it it, it brings a lot of intrigue and i think it's 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 something like like if you're ever i don't know i'm always questioning stuff about life you know and uh watching this is kind of like makes you feel like hey it's okay you'll find your place in life type of Please don't free dive into the ocean, Marco. I know. I just start going to the San Francisco Bay. My shark, my shark teacher. I'm like, no, bro. It's not the no. <laughs> the seal He's teacher. my friend. As he gets his fucking arm ripped off. <laughs> I know, right? I'm in like the fucking ER. Who did it, Beto? But uh, don't it, hurt him. Don't hurt Sharky. <laughs> what? Uh, it, it's it's incredible, man, and it looks fantastic on on a fucking OLED TV in 4K. It just looks fucking amazing flexing right now i know right hard flexing but yeah if it's not that long too both these movies are like an hour and a half long it's kind of why i watched them because it's like oh shit i need to watch something for the pod and i knocked these two items off my list and i'm i'm glad i did because you know for the most part i enjoyed them this one i really enjoyed and i just i i just recommend it especially if you're a fan of of sea life then this is or the ocean and you know you want to watch something new check it out Aside from that, to keep the theme of Apple TV, this doesn't really count, but I'm counting it anyway. I watched the season finale of Rick and Morty on Apple TV, actually, because you can watch the seasons on there. I actually bought the season. Yeah, that's how much I like the show. Because it's uncensored and without commercials, and I'm like, sold. And it releases right after the episode airs. And uh, i got to say, the season finale was fire. It's, you know, wacky, funny serious emotional roller coaster just like every rick and morty season finale and it does well to kind of uh circle back to a lot of the other themes and a lot of the stuff that they've been sort of sprinkling throughout the series thus far um if you've seen it or if you've caught up then you know exactly what i mean because i don't want to spoil anything but it may it makes it pretty interesting as far as like what they're gonna do with the next season so yeah check it out wubble wubble dub dub bitches Am I going to blow you guys' mind when I tell you that I've never seen an episode of Rick and Morty? No, no that's fine. Not really. There's, there's a lot of people it. that have told me 
Yeah. I've never seen so it. Of you guys but, are big fans, yeah. but I was like, I never really checked it out. Oh, yeah. I've uh, come across some people it. like, what? They a have the first sir? four seasons on Hulu. This season will be on Hulu next week, I think. So the whole thing yeah. will be on there. Yeah. So you can check it out there, check too. It out. Who knows? <laughs> All right, guys. So that is everything we've been watching. Nice mix of stuff. Uh, let's move on now to our main review of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Throughout my life, the Ten Rings gave our family power. If you want them to be yours one day, you have to show me you are strong enough to carry them. You are a product of all who came before you. The legacy of your family. You are your mother. And whether you like it or not, you are also your father. I told my men they wouldn't be able to kill you if they tried. All right, so on to our review of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. This got a 92% Rotten Tomato score. Shang-Chi, the master of unarmed weaponry-based Kung Fu, is forced to confront his past after being drawn into the Ten Rings organization. Directed by Dustin Daniel Cretton, who had done Short Term 12 in 2013, The Glass House in 2017, and also just recently Just Mercy in 2019. Also written by David Callahan who did uh, the recent Mortal Kombat film in 2021, uh, this year, Zombieland Double Tap, 2019, Godzilla, the uh, 2014 original one. Um, also, Destin Daniel Credden and Andrew Lanham also wrote this uh, with uh, original credits of The Shack, The Glass Castle, and The Kid, all just done in a couple years ago. So this is based on the comics by Steve Englehart and Jim Starlin. The film itself was just released this weekend, uh, over the uh, Labor Day weekend, and it's currently in theaters. Probably be streaming in about 45 days, but right now it's only in theaters. Big uh, cast of uh, famous names here, especially in the uh, Chinese uh, film markets. We have Simu Liu, who plays Shang-Chi. Li Ung, who plays Wu Wenwu. Aquafina as Katie. Meng Ar Zhang as Shi Ling. Fala Shen plays Li, who's also Zhang Shi's mom. Michelle Yeoh as Ying Nan. Florian Montano as Razor Fist. And Andy Lei as the death, deal- uh, sorry, the death Dealer, who was the uh, white face assassin who um, apparently was painted on. I-, I was just talking to James, it seems like it might, I thought it was a mask, but very elaborate. Uh, art on his face you were not alone there nabil i thought it was a mask too (laughs) same it's so shiny yeah so a very eclectic uh cast of uh stars here on this on this film which is great for representation especially for a film that is supposed to be based on a uh, an asian character specifically chinese which is which is really great to see that marvel was able to do that uh let's just talk about just briefly what we thought first impressions on the film and we'll start with our guest mikey what did you think about this uh, movie? Uh, I thought it was okay. I wasn't blown away by it. There was stuff I liked about it, but there was also... I just thought some stuff was kind of basic. So it didn't blow me away, but didn't hate it. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll dig into that in a little bit. Let's, let me just get your impressions too, James. What did you think about the movie? Uh, I liked it. I thought it was a good mix of uh, action and 
cool new characters, you know, but I, I do agree with Mikey that there was some, for me, there's a pretty big slowdown in the middle of the film where it gets kind of actually kind of really slow to a point and it, the movie runs pretty long, but, um, I mean, I had fun overall, but, um, wasn't like the greatest Marvel film, but it was fun going back to theaters again. Sure. Since okay. Black Widow, I guess. I'm acting like I was going to say you've been film. in theaters, but no, I guess. Since Black Widow? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Margo, what about you? What were your thoughts on the movie? I agree with uh, Mikey and James. I, it was okay. You know, it wasn't great. It was good. It wasn't great. Um, go more into detail as far as, like, you know, what worked and what didn't work. There were some things that I wish they would have done more that they did less, and some things they did more that I was just like. You do this in every movie, though. Um, performances were pretty good, though. And the fight scenes yeah. were good. But, uh, yeah, didn't really... Some parts blew me out of the water. Others were just like, eh, okay. And, uh, yeah, I agree with James where there's some there's some parts where it's kind of like it slows down. And they could have trimmed some stuff out of the movie. But, sure. uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I mean, I... I pretty much agree with what you guys are saying uh there the film i think itself suffers with like all marvel films where it has like especially that third act where they're or at least when they're setting up the third act and how it ends that there's always a bit of trouble for their films there but um yeah i did enjoy it as well i thought the action was really solid that was the most refreshing part of it and of course seeing the different uh cast of characters on screen was always nice so uh getting a different chance of of different types of actors to be able to portray themselves that aren't just necessarily just on the uh, Hollywood, you know, scene. They're from other markets, so that's really good to be able to get that exposure. Yeah. Um, and I think it translated well, so I did enjoy that part of the film. But, you know, this is an MCU film, so let's talk about exactly the connection of this. Is This is not the start of Phase 4, but it's the start of the new part of Phase 4 after Infinity War. Like, actually, well, I guess technically after Spider-Man, but within that kind of uh range so let's let me just talk to you james how did you did you like how this connected with the overall mcu did you feel that this was uh, a solid entry point into where it's kind of pivoting into next yeah i mean phase four so far started out pretty shitty so yeah um i don't really know where the fuck they're going with it between shows and like these movies and it's like you know, I get it. All these main guys didn't want to sign up, so we're, we got the D squad now going forward, and that's how it's going to be for a couple of years. <laughs> so, I mean, it connects enough where they make little like references and such, which I liked, and I actually enjoyed the fact that it was a much, it's a smaller overall story. It's a little bit more simplified, where you know, at the end of it all, it's really about you know the Mandarin coming back and trying to just find his dead wife and right break through trying to wreck on Iron Man three. You mean? I, I mean, they've always. I'm just kidding. It, I'm just kidding. Not really. I mean, especially with the appearance of one certain character, it definitely doesn't work on it. it uh, yeah, yeah. It goes off of a Marvel short, actually, which was like I, I don't saw think that a lot short of people have seen this film. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people have seen that short. So like, they which is why they released it on Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, oh, really? Okay. I didn't even know that. It's it's on the uh, bonus Iron Man on the Iron um, Three. Yeah. 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 Um, and also on YouTube. So. Um, so, I mean, it connects to a point and it works and, you know, by the end it's pretty forced down our throat, like our, uh, the connection, especially with the mid credit scene. All right. And it's like, okay, it makes sense, but we'll talk about that in spoilers, but I don't know. It, 
it worked for the most part. It, it wasn't super connected, but I mean, at this point, when you have an event where half the people disappeared, you kind of have to bring that up every time, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a big deal. It impacts everybody, every right? On this story. single time. <laughs> every show. <laughs> what about you, Mikey? Did you feel like this this did did well with fitting into the mold of of the MCU? Uh. Not really. I mean, it, there was little things here and there that connected it to the world, but as a story, as the characters, I mean, they kind of, the stuff that did really connect it kind of felt a little bit forced, I guess. You know, like like you said, the mid-credit scene and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It just like kind of shows like it was kind of thrown in afterwards. Like they made a movie and then threw in some MCU stuff afterwards. Um, there is some potential stuff that I won't talk about until we get to spoilers, I guess, um, that could be potentially cool and uh, maybe uh, can connect it a little bit further. Uh, but again, I'll, I'll wait till spoilers to kind of talk about that kind of stuff. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Marco, what about the comedy in this film? Did you, you know, that obviously it's a staple now with all these Marvel films that they got to introduce a bit of uh, lighthearted elements in it um, to, to keep things, you know, kind of positive as much as they can did you think that this worked did you feel any of it was like forced or did you feel that it was pretty natural flowing with with the comedy inserted here i felt like some of it was forced <clears throat> yeah i think marvel marvels does this it's it's my one it's one of the critiques i have against them don't get me wrong i'm, I'm i love their shit but they they're afraid to take themselves serious sometimes way too afraid like they're afraid to let a scene breathe and they always got to throw in a comedic element at the end uh, as much as I, I did enjoy Aquafina's character, I felt like she was just thrown in there just to be funny and to like, you know, be like, she's essentially Darcy from Thor, you know? And it's like, can, can we stop with that? Can we just, can, can we just take some shit, some ser- serious a little bit here? Um, and I, at, at times I, I felt like it got in the way of, you know, of the scene or of a sequence. And I'm just like, dude, just let it go real quick though. Going back to like what Mikey and, and, and James were saying about uh, the connection to the MCU. I agree with Mikey. I felt like it was kind of forced in there, the whole connectivity of that, which I also felt kind of took away from the story. Kind of wish they would have had it a little bit more self-contained kind of a la black Panther where it's like, it's every like movie going. Forward, yeah. It's though. like, can, yeah, it's, o- it's okay if it's like in the, like in, in the lining, but like, don't, don't don't try to like you know just like your comedy don't try to force it in there you know let it happen natural if it's if if it makes sense for the scene then fine but don't do it just because some you know serious shit happened you're just like oh man don't let these people like linger in their feelings like i think that kind of takes you away out of the movie so i felt like they maybe they can kind of like take their foot off the pedal with that a little bit it's like we we get it these movies aren't super dark you know but you don't have to like shove that in our face like every 10 minutes so my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I get, I get that point. I, I do think that the film, this film in particular, had a bit more of a darker subject matter as a whole um, compared to some of the other MCU films. Uh, but I also think that the comedy was was pretty good. From well, I should say from Aquafina when I saw that she was in the film, I was like, oh, they're just having you know her in there because she's like the it thing right now. But her character played out pretty well with Simu Liu. Uh, they they had a good dynamic. If anything, Simu's character, at, though he's he, you know, he himself is a great actor, but him playing as Shang Chi or in this in this film, initially like Sean, is uh, it he wasn't as funny. I think he was having more difficulty coming with kind of his 
some of his comedic lines. But when he was playing off of just Aquafina, um, in, in the film, yeah, that that really worked for me. Um, and I was I was actually pleasantly surprised because I, I expected it to be kind of like uh, Crazy Rich Asians, where Aquafina is just kind of throwing jokes aside one by one, and you're just like, oh, okay, well, I mean, she's a funny person. But that's not what happened here. She I thought she had good balance, and she really did help kind of move the story along with the comedy and gave more of an honest perspective of what you would be like we would be experiencing as an outsider, not used to the stuff. Whereas Shang Chi would be playing more of the you know, I'm used to this stuff. This is all, uh, you know, my world kind of thing. So I, I, I thought that they, they did a, a pretty decent job from that aspect, at least for some of the characters. I think, um, I agree. I I think the, um, I'm just interjecting real quick. I yeah. think the comedy is the best thing in this movie outside of the choreography. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, the action, uh, I, I thought it was great. It was a good callback to like a mix of like Jackie Chan and Jet Li and Crouching, to Hidden, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon kind of style action films where you've got, some comedy, you've got some uh, serious martial arts, uh, and then you've got a lot of defense kind of things, and it's kind of going with the flow of nature. Um, and they had all these different styles for all these different characters, which I thought was was uh, pretty well done. And unlike uh, G.I. Joe, <laughs> there there weren't a lot please, of jump cuts. Please don't. No, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> don't bring this up. This is, I'm not trying to think we'd bring that movie up in this pod, huh? Yeah, I'm no. getting a fucking headache right now thinking about it. A lot so of jump many cuts, cuts for him to jump a fence. But this was great. I thought they, they really held true to that. What, do you, what did you think, James, uh, about the martial arts and so I know you've seen quite a few as well. Um, how did you feel about it in this film? Did it do, do justice? Oh, asking me because I'm half Asian, huh? Okay, I see what you're yes, doing here. that's also part of it. Yeah, it was really well done. They had a really good uh, choreography going on here. And uh, the Simu Liu actually did like a majority of his stunts, yeah. which is awesome. And it, it's it's good to bring up, too, that um, uh, Xia Ling, the uh his sister in this one was actually oh, did a lot great. of her stunts too. Yeah. yeah, they were really good. They there's some pretty good scenes. I think the only thing that takes away from it is there's some pretty shitty CGI sometimes. It's either really good or really shitty. Yeah. Marvel doesn't seem to understand like we can tell a difference now. So I mean if you give us the me. best then you know you gotta you gotta stay consistent with it guys. Cause sometimes it looks really good and then sometimes I'm like and that looks terrible. Okay. Yeah. So what what about you, Marco? What did you think about um, the action sequences in this film? The action was amazing. I think it's one of the strong points of the movie. It was cool to see like the like these actors do this martial arts and and actually like pull it off. Unlike uh, unlike Marvel's Iron Fist. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, th- this movie actually Kung Lao, sir. Kung Lao, sir. <laughs> right. This movie has I was some waiting. of the best I was like, action. Someone, someone, please mention Kung Lao. <laughs> some of uh, some of these uh, action sequences are were some of the best in the MCU, in my opinion. I was like, damn, that's pretty freaking awesome, and they're different too. Yeah, I, I wish I like James said. Uh, yeah, some of the CGI is really shitty, and I wish they would have kept the fights a little more grounded like they were at first and not go into the big giant CGI battles later on. I felt like that would have grounded the movie more and, and have it be more impactful, in my opinion. So. They're just going out that Marvel handbook, so they had to. It, it do, right? right? I was like, <laughs> fuck, here we go. What, fuck, the last chapter. Okay, here we go. Well, speaking of Iron Fist, since that was the only like real martial arts um, specific fil- show, I guess it's really a show um, that had came out. M- Mikey, did you watch the uh, the Netflix uh, Marvel series that came out? You watched all those, right? 
I, yeah, I know I had defenders you know, and all them. Yeah. Yeah. What did you What did you think about in comparison to uh, this film? What how Iron Fist uh, was tackling the martial arts? Uh, oh, this movie does it better. Um, I really appreciate like the uh, whole like like they they have like the different styles of kung fu, right? And like. Yeah. There was a couple of them that were like with wind and stuff that going around. I thought those were really cool, like kind of homage to those old kung fu movies. Um, and you know, the Iron Fist doesn't do anything like that at all. They just no. do like strip stuff. So yeah, it's, I, this movie. His blows. fist it's glows, Mikey. Fu. God damn it, man! <laughs> if there was ever a gun being used in that show, yeah, I don't know what he did. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, pretty good in this one. I liked it a lot. Mikey was doing spin kicks after the movie, man. It was fucking wild. <laughs> Uh, speaking of the core part of the film, too, on top of the martial arts and the comedy, there, the, the main plot was in regards to the relationship between uh, Shang-Chi and his father, Wu Wenwu, and played by Tony Leung. Leung. And, you know, he, Tony is a big, big uh, star in, in he's Chinese huge. markets. He's huge. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's a big deal there. Um, and so having him on, on this film, I'd never really seen a lot of uh, any of his movies before, but I'd read up a lot about... Um, you know just the stuff that he's done and like in my opinion i thought he was one of the better you know characters in this film i really connected with him which i didn't think i was going to um and his motivations uh still you know marvel villainy ish kind of thing but at the same time like i thought he did a really good job portraying the father uh mikey what did you think about that kind of dynamic that they were trying to build between you know that relationship of shang chi and wu and like how they how their relationship kind of was throughout you know the story of the film uh, i thought they could have done better i got more of a sensei student vibe more than the father son i mean there's that whole mom is the glue kind of thing that yeah. happened but i don't know i didn't really feel the father son relationship very much in the movie yeah i I do think that that suffers a little bit at least at the startup they try to to fix all that near the end but yeah at the start of a film yes they do kind of show that divide of like he had to be trained um what about you marco what did what did how did you feel that played up in the film was that one of the the weaker parts of you in this uh movie no this is the part where i feel they should have focused on the most where they do sort of at the beginning and then it's sort of loses track towards the center like i felt this would have again grounded the movie more make it more meaningful make it more powerful because you already have the central plot dealing with the father-son relationship and then throwing in the sister in the mix as well too like a lot some of the best marvel movies have been about like a mentor student or you know father-son or some familial uh rivalry you think uh, like Captain America and the Winter Soldier, brother against brother. You think even the first Iron Man, it's a mentor, Odadiah versus Tony Stark, you know, who's essentially like a son figure to him. Like all these movies, Black Panther as well too, has that familial element as well too, or family against family. Like those are some of the strongest elements in, in Marvel. Fuck, even Thor had that as well too in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, Fantastic You know, where it deals like... Yeah, exactly. Like those, those, those are... Like, it's like you have it there. Like, if you're going to use a formula, that actually is the one that seems to work because it could be different in any different type of, like, environment or situation. And I felt like they dropped the ball on that because it was kind of believable at first to see um, Shang-Chi and, and, his, and his father, like, kind of, you know, go at odds and stuff. And it would have been nice for them to keep that going and expand on that some more. Fair enough. Uh 
James, any any thoughts um, or anything to expand on regarding that you know dynamic of the two? No, I agree with you guys. They should have focused on it a little more. You know what I mean? A little less magical tigers, a little more of this, but. Yeah. There, I, I like the flashback sequences, though. I thought those were actually well done. And then I, I do like how it wraps up near the end with it all. Especially, I mean, I won't go spoilers, but the way that it, it does wrap up, I thought it was a touching moment itself. But, I mean, it, it's just, I mean, you guys know for once. I mean, you guys know I'm, like, really burned out on, like, hero films and comic book films. And it's, like, this just kind of adds to it to a point. I mean, I had fun with it, but it's one of those things where this was... If they had hit more on this, just like Mark was saying, the more groundedness with this would have probably helped it out a bit more too. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think that they should have sprinkled in some more of the the bonding when they were younger in the film versus kind of leaving a lot of it to to the end. Um, that yeah. would have just helped make kind of the gravity of how the ending of the film went. Uh, can can I say impactful. like it, it felt to me like by the time that they went back to him as adults, I was like, I, it's hard to feel for their connection when I felt like they had no connection as kids, so it's kind of right. like, yep. does anybody really give a fuck about this? Like, you can just leave. Just fucking leave. Like, okay, good luck with your life. Uh, yeah, hard agree. Can yep. I get my J-I thing back? So, you know. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, totally understand that. Uh, well, you know, there's a lot more to talk about, more, you know, Easter eggs and some other greater things of the plot that we want to discuss. But that'll be in our spoiler section. First, we're going to give a, a quick review for people who haven't seen the film yet. Uh, and then we can go into a bit more depth of the film. Uh, let's start with you, Mikey. What would you recommend this film, uh, rate this film, I'm sorry, uh, out of one to five stars? Mm, two and a half. Two and a half, okay. Yeah. Right. What about you? How uh, harsh. <laughs> uh, Marco, what were your uh, rating for this? I go with three stars. It, the movie, you know, there's a lot of representation in this, in this movie, and representation matters. And there's a whole bunch of movies that are a lot worse that have succeeded more because of, you know, certain people in the cast. So go see this fucking movie. Even though, you know, we're, we're critiquing it like crazy. I think three stars means, you know, it's still enjoyable. You'd still have a great time, especially if you go see it in IMAX. Yeah. What about you, James? I would give this one... I'm giving it three and a half stars, actually, because... Um, I mean, I, th- I think I probably had it all for you guys. I, I know I'm critiquing it pretty hard, too, just like Marcus said, but I enjoyed it. It's fun, but I mean... Who would I recommend it to? I mean, are you a Marvel slave to Disney, just like everybody else is nowadays? <laughs> I mean, probably you. If you're listening to that and you're getting offended, you probably are. Then yeah. you're the person to watch this. Yeah. Speaking like a true um, poet. I actually gave it a four star. Yeah. Oh, I, I gave go. it a four yeah. star. I think I really enjoyed the film. Okay. I thought there was some weaker plot elements from it, but I think it, it was just a little bit better than Black Widow to me. It was a bit more refreshing for me just seeing a different dynamic of, you know, like Mark was saying, the representation of different people. I, and, yep. One thing I want to say, I almost feel like the, past the Spider-Mans and Doctor Strange is coming up, guys, like with a, these other shows coming out, I think this will be a movie that we revisit in like a, a year or two and we might like it even better because yeah. this might be the start of kind of how all these movies are going to be in a way, yeah. a little, outside of those two that I, rec- that I was talking about. So this might be one of those two that like, in if we do like a phase four marathon or some bullshit, uh, <laughs> it, like we might, we might we might like look at it better like... Oh, you know what? Actually, it was pretty good. Now that we've seen this other fucking Moon Knight bullshit, yeah. so I mean, you know, <clears throat> we're we're calling it right now. Mark your calendars. We're gonna do a Phase Four <laughs> marathon. Oh God! 
I I hope not. <laughs> I hope yeah, not. Did you do the 24 film? I don't phase know if three? I, uh, we did. Yeah, me and my well, it was a side thing, but we did watch. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. This was before TV shows came out that were canon now and all this. So I was like, fuck. Yeah. So, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, though. No, it's it's perfectly... Uh, I think you're absolutely right, though. I think this is a film that people will appreciate over time. Um, I Like I said, I enjoyed it. I love just seeing the martial arts part of it. I like the comedy. I think the um, the only problem with the film is the same thing that every Marvel film has. It's just like they go a little too hard and too fantastical at the end, Formulate, and they don't know how to wrap is, up yeah. a film. You know, that's, that's usually what the Marvel films do. But um, for the most part, I think I like, I'm looking forward to actually seeing what else to do with the character, and I'm hoping to see another sequel soon. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it was quite enjoyable. So, uh, so that's our thoughts on Shang-Chi. We are going to go into spoilers, but before we do, you know, if you haven't seen the film already, hadn't had a chance yet, or you're, you're just waiting for Disney plus for some reason, I feel like you should just go to the theaters if, if it's safe out over there where you're at, but if not, you know, give it a little bit of time. You can jump through uh, a little bit forward and go through our outro, find out what we're listening to next. Um, otherwise, stick with us just for a second. We'll go into spoilers and talk a little bit more about the movie. All right. So, spoiler comes in kind of in the uh, like first part of the second act, essentially. Trevor Slattery's back. Ben Kingsley. I, they all, like you said, James, um, there's actually already kind of a, a tie-in with that in, in a kind of like a bonus mini that happens after Iron Man 3 of him actually getting kidnapped by the Ten Rings and taken back to um, Wu's uh, compound or whatever. So he can... Yeah, the Ten Rings compound, yeah. Yeah, the Ten Jeez, Rings right? compound. So, so he basically for impersonating uh, the, quote, Mandarin. Um, but... He was a he the, was a definitely the, the a, a big part of the film. <laughs> yeah, he was. A, what did you guys think about him? What What did you think, James? On since you saw the the little short, um, what did you think about Ben Kingsley's character showing up in here? Well, this got ruined for me ahead of time because uh, Ben Kingsley oh, really? decided to show up to the fucking premiere of this, and I was like, <laughs> oh, no, damn. he must be in the movie. God, I can't same. I can't watch. Can't, I guess I can't uh, see fucking premiere photos either now anymore because that ruins movies. For me. I didn't realize that. No, I didn't. So I was like, oh, so he's gonna be in this. But um, it was cool. I've always I liked his role in Iron Man Three. He's the because you know as you guys know the I mean spoiler for Iron Man Three if you've never seen it, uh you know he, it it was marketed that he was the Mandarin and the leader and so it kind of yeah. goes off that and he kind of gets his own little redemption through here, and that he has the ability to communicate with one of the magical tr- creatures. <laughs> so random. Never um, explained why. What was the, what was the creature's him. name? It was uh no some with an M I thought something like that. It was Morris. Funny, though. Mo- Maurice. It was Maurice, Maurice. Right? It was Maurice? Oh, okay, I thought it was Maurice. Yeah, I think it was Maurice. <laughs> and he can, like, understand it, and that's how they get through, and it's it's hilarious to a point where... And then he only pops up, like, in two more quick little scenes where he's actually out there not really helping, but it's just, like, he thinks he's dead. He's like, it's just a roll. Don't worry. <laughs> I actually laughed out loud. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I was totally was okay with it dead. coming up, because it was kind of cool to see that he was in the movie where the actual quote-unquote real Mandarin's in, so it worked for me. But it what, did get what, your thoughts, what are your thoughts on it, Mikey? Yeah, I kind of echo it. I, I kind of I liked it. It's like the one piece that kind of brought him really into like the Iron Man stuff. I mean, they kind of hint towards like the Iron Man, you know, the same person that yeah. like, kidnapped Tony Stark in the beginning, <laughs> right? But like, yeah, this kind of actually brings it in. And I was I was rolling when he was playing dead. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's like he's fucking. He's just laying there. I was like, "Oh shit, he died." And I was like, "Oh, never mind. He's fucking lying." He's like, and "Just lay down next." Like, to me. Just lays over too. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah but it was, it was good i liked it yeah i think i think it was definitely a, a good cameo there uh, any thoughts on yourself marco on on trevor slattery i i know i agree at first i i had to think about it for a little bit i was like did he overstay his welcome and i was like no actually those were the funniest scenes for me see that comedy actually worked but he was actually really smooth at bringing in the comedy and since we're so used to seeing that performance from iron man 3 it, it, it blended in kind of well with, with uh, that's this movie. because it's academy award-winning actor uh ben kingsley that's, that's very true but uh <laughs> but yeah uh, i like i see ben kingsley i'm always like is nabil not does he hate him for printer Jane being an indian guy back in the 70s <laughs> <laughs> please gandhi oh gosh him, him and fisher just, stevens hey, hey. sorry i just just saying i i always think of it screwed. i always think i'm like i still haven't seen gandhi because i'm like i don't know if i can take this seriously it's it's a good movie, but uh, but yeah, I thought uh, I thought it was it worked well, and it, like like Mikey and and James were saying, it was nice to kind of bring everything full circle with Iron Man three, and even bring it up, and even have uh, you know Wing Wu say, you know, can you believe that someone you know created such a ridiculous name called me the Mandarin, and and then uh, you know he says <laughs> that he took care of it or whatever, and then <laughs> it cuts to uh, to. Um, uh, ben Kingsley right there being in prison and you're like oh man so he just kept them as a jester I just yeah. as a they fucking named him after oranges like that's that I didn't even put that together until he said it. it was like oh yeah they named him after just oranges <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what they which kind of is like a callback to how racist Marvel comics yeah. were back in the yeah 70s. I mean this character origin story is is pretty stereotypically racist you know so they he's not even um I mean side note like uh Shang-Chi's father in the comics was supposed to be named like Fu Manchu by the way yeah mm-hmm. and it is a caricature of Asian people too and it is mm-hmm. pretty bad yeah so. super bad yeah hey you know they're updating it and doing it right so yeah which is appreciated so and 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 uh speaking of uh weird things the the ending of this film so they have the great protector so the the mystical jag- dragon that's there that Saves them, which, you know, Marvel's oh, got to have a big mystical fight scene kind of thing that goes on. And then there's these demon, I don't even remember what they call them, these like demon wing soul eaters. Parademons, yeah, right? Soul oh, I'm sorry. So what do you call them? Soul suckers. Really really long movie. So, yeah, that that was interesting um, to bring in. Like, I like the elements of it to an extent. I like to see that everybody got a fair um, take at It seems at, I guess, so random for me. Yeah. The whole thing yeah, yeah, very <laughs> random. Yes. By interesting, Creatures, do you mean the, unnecessary? The came out. Yeah, I was like, we could have just had him find the Mandarin at the end and been fine. I didn't need to yeah. see the Cthulhu-looking motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate <laughs> it as a fan of Cthulhu, as Mikey knows. Um, <laughs> it was pretty wild to see that happen. I was like, okay, I guess. And then they teamed up with fucking, you know, the Ten Rings and the um, the uh, Tao Lo. People were like, friends? Question mark. So, <laughs> you know. Well, and so but they no, destroyed Marco, the Marco's, thing. Marco's 100%, just to let you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, they destroyed the thing, right? So all they needed was a ten ring. So they're not protecting anything anymore, I guess. Like, So they can open Tao Lo to the wheel? Yeah, no, I was going to say, like... <laughs> no, they ha- they have <laughs> mystical creatures there that birds are on fire, <laughs> Nabil. I don't think the world needs to see that. See, this is, this or is maybe shit it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is shit they could have saved for like a sequel movie, but you know I get it. It's Disney, and you know they gotta sell toys. But it's totally it's like what I was saying. Like James even said it. They should have just focused on 
the Mandarin, on him, on Shang Chi fighting his father. It was all there. It was all set up. I mean, and they didn't even give us if, that payoff because he dies just like yeah. like that. Well, like the, he, like he the sacrifices thing kills himself. Him. Yeah, but, but I, I will like, say, one hundred percent, if this Cthulhu toy comes out, I will buy it. Jesus <laughs> fucking! I will one hundred percent. Might want to check your cool local looking. target now. It was. I will say this much. It looked friendly. I don't know just, why. All they had to do just was mis- keep it. Just misunderstood, Marco. Fuck. All they had to do was keep it a martial what? arts movie. Have a showdown at the end where he, you know, shows that he's like he not didn't need to break anymore. open the thing, right? Like the bad no. things could have came out still, but he could have just defeated his dad. We didn't need to. And then the thing stays back there. Saved so, it for a big the, baddie in the next film. Some yeah. of the best Marvel movies, if you remove the Marvel element from it, they stand alone as a movie. Take I'll bring up the same four examples again. Iron Man one. You take the Marvel element out of it, stands on its own. Well, that, the well, Winter that Soldier. One, you you yeah, take you take the Marvel element out of it, it stands on its own. Yeah. Black Panther, you take the Marvel element and it stands on its own. And this could have had that had they not put in those fucking magical dragons at the end and just save that for a sequel. You didn't have to put everything in the kitchen sink in one movie. It's your intro movie. You don't need to put all that shit. It's maybe they already have him planned from a dragon, for... though. He did, yeah. And I mean, at least they do hint at it ahead of time. It's not like super out of yeah. left field. Like they do mention it way ahead of time with part of the legends. So I'm like, okay. Did we need yeah. to see it? Probably not. No. But I mean, no. see, there's I a lot the more other random like resdom, right? And like, yeah, and there's a lot of father, and it would have been fine. There's yeah. a lot of MCU films that are just super out of left field by the end too. I'm like, okay. <laughs> At this like, point, sure. I'm just like, okay, Black Widow. I guess pheromones. Cool. Never mentioned <laughs> yeah, that <once>. pheromones. Gosh. <laughs> That's cool though. It's the yeah, studio it coming does. in saying we gotta sell toys. What are you gonna do about it? Hmm? I no, mean, that's really, because they're like, hey, get off my back all the way off my back. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, the movie needs to happen. That's why. Oh, okay. Speaking on more of the fantastic elements, a part of the mid-credit scene, because as you guys know, with the Marvel films, there's always a mid and a post-credit scene at this point. So Not always a mid, say, sir. Hold on. Not always well, a mid. Well, okay. There's always goddamn, a post-credit scene. Don't get these goddamn people's hopes up, okay? But you should always stay <laughs> till after the credits at the very least. Which is films. why. Did anyone leave your guys' theater still? Even after the mid? Leave. Yeah. People yeah. Still do, right? Me and Mikey yeah. were like, like f- 10 of us were left. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, there's a... They left? Again, I think some of these people are going to go home and watch it on YouTube. They're just like, I'll just watch it on YouTube. <laughs> they go into, uh, you know, they introduce Wong and, well, Wong was Well, they reintroduce Wong. They, they reintroduce him, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, he essentially recruits Shang-Chi and Aquafina's character, Katie, um, to do something. We don't know what, though. Yeah. We don't know what. <laughs> they, were, they were interested in the rings and seeing what it is. And so that, I think, is where they're setting it's up alien, It's film. an alien artifact, yeah. yeah. And then right, um, so Captain Marvel shows up because she's been in all of um, fucking uh, what's his name? Movies, I think. The director? No, Dustin Daniel Craig. He's been in all his. She's been oh, in all really? his movies, by the way. Okay. She's in mm-hmm. Short Term Twelve, Gla- Glass House, and Just Mercy. So he was oh, probably was. like, "Hey, we've worked that together. You want to, you want to show up in this bitch?" And then she's wearing a terrible wig again. I'm like, "Wow, they just she can't was wearing that a weird out. wig. Yeah. <laughs> so really bad." What were your thoughts on that, Mikey? You were going to say something in regards to the rings. So that's what I was I was saying before. I was saying something in the spoiler section here. So that's where I thought they could have more potential in the future to kind of link to the MCU because they were saying it's super ancient and the next movie's coming out is The Eternals. Sure. Yeah. And so <sighs> I'm thinking that The Eternals are going to leave these and that's uh, the I origin of it. Doing. That's okay. not the original origin of the comic books, but... 
I could see them kind of like working that into an MCU phase, right? Because if any movie definitely needs a link to an MCU film, it's the Eternal. Yeah, because I'm not sure how it's going to this far. I'm like, hmm, what are they doing? Here? They've made it so like, hey, we got to make every mention of every character because I don't know if people know this <coughs> well, is a I think it's, Marvel film. It's definitely going to probably talk about the Celestials and stuff like that, which was mentioned in yeah, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. So right. it's, it, you know, they, we're, we're going into space, Thanos, guys. Thanos is a Titan, right? And yeah. maybe they'll bring up Titans yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. So but I, I, I uh, Eternals will have a big bad in it. That's going <coughs> to be the, the whole phase bad guy. Yeah. Mm. I, I agree with Mikey though that uh, that's probably the best spot of where you can connect the movie to the MCU. They didn't really have to sprinkle it as much in the actual movie. It's like, dude, just do it for the fucking post credit scene. What do you guys Easy. think of uh, that? It's like it's leaving off like a like a tracking thing or something, right? They said a beacon. Yeah, a beacon. What do you think that was about? Mm. I didn't read up any about any of this, by the way. I didn't either. I'm thinking it. it has to do with the channels too, though. You know, they talk about having a beacon kind of come off with the event of everything coming uh, to fruition with people coming back, and I'm wondering. Mm-hmm. Like it only triggered part. with Shang Chi, though, right? Not with his dad. Yeah, only when he used is that it. What they were saying, right? Yeah. yeah. So what? I don't. Is that leading? That's obviously leading to something else, right? Either the Eternals or King the Conqueror. Multiverse, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know but, anymore. It was cool that cool. Bruce Banner's arm's still fucked up by from the uh, snap, but, he's but that Hulk now anymore. he's not Smart Hulk anymore. Yeah. He's back he's to Bruce Banner. Or is that just because they couldn't afford the CG for that either? So they're like, he's got to look like normal Banner again. <laughs> and then this extra scene, they're not going to worry about the yeah. CG. Yeah, they're like, it's fine. They can question it. It's because he's going to cool. be in uh, in She Hulk, and uh, if he's full Hulk, then that would be like the whole fucking budget of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they already got to do She Hulk herself. Unless I swear to God, if they make her look like the Lou Ferrigno one, I'm going <laughs> to. Oh, God. <laughs> I she Hulk. I go with the shitty wig. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they already got that down a couple times with characters in this show. It just paint her fucking green. Green. Or it's like a. It's just like fucking just oh, a shit. fucking weightlifter person switches. I'm like, yes. They, okay. They even use those old school sound effects from 70s TV shows and shit. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It was kind of cool just to show that, like, hey, his. I don't know what the time period is from here from Avengers Endgame, but it, like, maybe his arm is permanently damaged. No, nobody knows, man. Um, and then finally, there's of course a post-credit scene where essentially it's Xiaoling, uh, uh, Shang-Chi's uh, sister, uh, who was supposed to decommission yeah. a Ten Rings compound, but essentially just kind of takes it over, um, and is not which. I'll be honest. I wasn't surprised. She wanted her own thing. Like, yeah, she was. She has. And she was already doing an illegal betting thing. I'm like, okay, this. I mean, she's. Yeah. And that got destroyed. So she's like, fuck it. Let's keep it rolling. Do you think that she'll end up being like a a real nemesis to him and like a future film? You know, Marco, what what are your thoughts on that? Or do you think it's just going to be more, just you know, as an aside thing, like letting the terrorist group stay alive? I wouldn't be surprised if she ends up being one of his nemesis in, in the future like they kind of already teased that in this movie and <clears throat> it would make sense you know like she's already um like like these guys were saying she's already been working in the underground and um it only makes sense that she continues that because that's all she's ever really known like they they both shang chi and his sister like took opposite routes whereas he from from all the shit he got from his father as a kid growing up he used all that trauma for good, but for his sister, she ends up using all that trauma for bad. You know, they both can't end up 
you know, being good guys, you know. So I think it works. And who knows who else she was talking to or who else she's going to um, team up with because isn't the town that she was running her um, her fighting ring in, It wasn't that also featured in uh, Falcon Winter Soldier? It's the same Macau. city, I think. Well, they yeah. were in actually Macau. So, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that was really yeah. Maybe she'll uh, team up with the power broker on there. Spoilers for that show, by the way. We are in spoilers, so who cares? Oh, possibly. Yeah, I kind of had that thought, too. So that might yeah. actually be a thing. Bro, you know the yeah. shows don't go nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Loosely based. Loose. That's, just, that's just so you keep your subscription, bro. Mm. Sign up for Disney Plus right now. Yeah, Disney. Well, the Ten Rings is just going to be like the new Hydra, right? That's what I'm thinking too. Like that's kind of. Yeah, I mean, there is really technically well, maybe the still new, a Hydra, or maybe there is a new Hydra, Mikey. Oh yeah, oh maybe God. it is. Are Hydra. we the I mean, are we the writing room of the fucking? I know. Hey, there's there's Disney. widows out there now doing? too. So yeah, think about that. If they all team up. You know, Captain America was a member of Hydra at one point. You know, things anything. Bro, happened. there's a there's a white vision somewhere flying around, Mikey. <laughs> Maybe I don't know if they're gonna. We don't know. That, that might have been CG too. I don't know if they didn't paint them. I don't know. Is it cheaper <laughs> to make a white one? <laughs> they couldn't afford the paint. <laughs> it doesn't even matter. J- after James Flash is really point, curious. After, Fla- after Flashpoint, this ain't gonna matter, dude. Oh wait, fuck. I was that's, like, what? what? <laughs> that's DC's own issue. Sorry, I'm blending fucking things. Uh, multiverse. They can fix everything in the multiverse again, right? Yes. Yep, multiverse of madness. So probably change it all around. Which I know I know you're going to ask us where Shang-Chi and Katie are going to pop again. I th- I mean, is it maybe the, the Doctor Strange movie, I guess, right? I would think so. Maybe. I, think if I anywhere, feel like everyone's going to be in that movie, dude. Is this well, Avengers fucking 5? Considering Wong was very much in this film, that I think that it'll be pretty much introduced. In, in, or they'll be reintroduced in that film as well. In some capacity, maybe, yeah, or like that. you guys said, Eternals. I didn't, I didn't even think about the Eternals thing at all, man. So, because it said it's alien technology, I was like, okay. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he'll be in the Eternals, but I think they'll kind of explain where the rings came from in Eternals and why where the beacon is and everything. I think that stuff makes some be kind of reference, and then what the beacon right. means. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Now that I, truth be told, I did not even think about that, so that actually does make sense. It feels like is they're it, kind of a mix sorry. of the, the the ten rings from the comic books and the was it the cosmic bracelets also? Yeah, they yeah, it's like it's it like a, a mix bit, of yeah. those two. Because the ten rings were actually rings in the comic, I believe. Yeah, they probably didn't want people to be like, "Oh, like Infinity Stones." <laughs> yeah, it will, yeah. and they built and they got the them from thing? an actual spaceship too. So I, that's why I made the Eternities, uh, the in- Eternals connection for me at least. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. we got him from some kind of dragon spaceship or some shit like that. So that we got to start piecing these movies together somehow. Come on. I did like uh, when they said we could go to sleep, or and then they go back to karaoke. I thought that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying. I was like, oh shit, they brought Wong with them to fucking sing. Party hard. <laughs> James and I, I have been it. through some of those nights. I loved that shit. I was like, oh, I love this. And then they kicked that was it awesome. to the fucking the Eagles music, Hotel California. Yep. I was like, I like this. That was actually pretty good. Yep. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. So this is the end of podcast number 107. That was our review of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for feedback, response, and reviews. Uh, I do want to give a shout-out to Mikey. Thank you for joining us tonight. I know Thanks. we scheduled schedule for this one got all weird, but I appreciate you jumping on. Especially we're recording this. Uh, I'm going to date us a little bit here, but we um, recorded this on Labor Day 2021. So I know you could have been doing some other stuff right now. I mean, it's not too late. You can still go watch a movie. You can do whatever you want with your life. Uh, Marco, what? Uh, how can people reach us or listen to us Check. or send us irresponsible messages? 
Very true. Yes, you can send those messages and your love and feedback and on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, or Twitter at MoviePalsPod. Like, share, follow, share our stuff, comment, tell us what you like, what you don't like. Also, if you use Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts, smash the subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. Rate and review us. Uh, I know that Spotify doesn't let you review. I I have yet to find an option for you to review us. But if you're on an iPhone, yeah, uh, had a couple people tell tell me that uh, they tried to review us, but they listened to us on Spotify and there's, there's nothing to review on there. So... If you have an iPhone, Apple Podcasts has let you. It is free. Just go on there and just uh, you know rate us. Get, get us out of that 4.6 star rut that we're in. Bring us back up to 5. Okay, so tune in to episode 108. Uh, we're going to be doing that in uh, two weeks. We're going to be doing the new Clint Eastwood film that's premiering on HBO Max and also in theaters, Cry Macho, as well as the Studio Ghibli film, Ocean Waves. So until then, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And Mikey. Have a good one. <laughs>